This is the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast, episode 32, March 15th, 2023. This week's Baldy of the Week is Elmer Fudd. We have a combined national celebration and this day in history, St. Patrick's Day. We look at a few events in history that commemorate St. Patrick and his ministry and evangelism to the people of Ireland. We talk a little bit about Pastor Aaron's message last week and Ecclesiastes talking about the meaninglessness of pleasures. Thanks for joining us once again, friends. And now, let's go get this bread. They're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regale from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged. So sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. What of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast? I'm your host, Eritzfield, brother. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Awesome. (laughs) Got quiet there for a second. I was telling some folks uh, on Sunday that you drink hot water in a mug, and they just thought that was really peculiar. So, uh, well, that, but I, there's but I, probably if that's probably not where the peculiarity of Aaron Michaud ends. That's not the uh, the the tipping point. That's not the I tip just, of the spear. I mean, yeah, that's probably a deep dark hole, folks. I mean, I can understand it. It's the having a mug and and something hot in the mug. I mean, that's what tea has become for me in in giving up coffee for Lent. It's not as good as the coffee, but it, it it'll suffice. No, and that's the thing. I think it is more with just like oral fixation and yeah. giving yeah. myself. It's, I think the healthy alternative. I mean, because I can drink like a gallon of coffee in sure. a day, right? But then, do you really want to though? At, yeah, do you want to no. go through? Yeah, my and, family doesn't yeah. want to spend time around me when I do that. What <laughs> no. do you fill in the blanks there? But yeah, yeah. So. but I. It, it, but it makes sense. I mean, you're you're hydrating there at the go. same that's time. Right. So most people don't drink enough water. That's so. I'm gonna take a sip of water right now as you're taking. This go. is cold water. You got hot water. So we're just quite the team today. That's it. Mm-hmm. Not lukewarm though. Nope. Oh. Spit you out of your. <laughs> That's window. right. Okay. Well, while you drink that water, I'm gonna mm-hmm. introduce our baldy of the week. Mm-hmm. This was another um, suggestion from one of our most faithful listeners. Oh. My mom. Oh, thank you. She asked. She goes, Thank you, Marilyn. Do they have to be real people? And I go, Well, no, I don't think so. She goes, I think you should highlight Elmer Fudd. (laughs) (laughs) I said, You know what, Mom? That's a solid. Why not? That's a solid. Why not? Now, (laughs) as I'm looking at pictures of Elmer Fudd, is he an adult? Is he an old man? Or is he a baby that. (laughs) It's very confusing, isn't he? 
as a character. <laughs> Looks like a baby old man, old I man was, baby. Well, it was funny. I was looking at pictures of like the evolution of Elmer Fudd over the years, yeah. and so like they traced out how he like developed and the art style, <laughs> which is pretty interesting. But yeah, he is. He's interesting. If you took off that beard, yeah. though, people might ask you, or, is that true. a baby? Is that a baby man? Is that a man like, baby? When you, when you shaved, even, when you just shortened it up, I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was shocked at how young I looked because, you know. You I definitely look like the old man on staff <laughs> when you sh- when you trim that thing up. I was like, dang. It doesn't look like we're You just took apart. off like a decade. <laughs> That's right. Magic. Isn't that amazing? And now we're to the age where that's a good thing. Yeah. It yeah. used to be that like right. you didn't want that. Right. But now I'm like, it's not I bad. look every bit of 40. For sure. Good <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you I did, just, I you did, didn't deny that at I all. Did. You're like, yes, I you think, do. I think I was just, I was yeah. I, I was on, <laughs> on, on autopilot there. So my misspeak. <laughs> that's right. So and I don't know. Is he a baby? Is he a hunter? I don't know. He's man, a hunter. Baby. He's got Way. a funny accent. And that's the other thing. I mean, yeah, because he's got to be a man because you wouldn't give a baby a... a Rifle or shotgun? Would you? No, no, yeah. And you wouldn't let them go out and hunt rabbits. So wabbits, wabbits, wascally rabbits. So, do you know the biblical reference? Here's I, fun trivia fact that Bugs Bunny uses as an insult. What is it? What does he call yeah. Elmer Fudd? He calls him Nimrod. Oh, Nimrod. Yeah. Nimrod. And, oh gosh, what, what's what's that? What's that from? Oh man, what passage is that mm. from? Nimrod. Genesis. Chapter five, four, four or five. Okay. In the genealogy, Nimrod is the mighty hunter. He's oh. the mighty hunter. So he's I, what I think he's doing when he calls him Nimrod oh. is calling him mighty hunter in like kind of a satirical yeah. kind of way. Yeah, that's that's hilarious, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't have gotten that at all. Bugs Bunny. Oh my god! Just throwing some Bible shade at Elmer Fudd. Wow, it's one of my favorite fun facts. So. Here's the, here's the thing. I, I think I've mentioned that we were kind of the intent was to shelter us from from violence on TV. Mm, okay. So we we were not technically allowed to watch Bugs Bunny oh. and Looney Tunes and, and you know the the whole uh, coyote and uh, uh, oh is it the coyote and oh gosh Roadrunner yeah Roadrunner. Because it was violent. It's okay, you weren't allowed to watch it. Yeah, we weren't. <laughs> and so, and so uh, we it's we still watched it, right? Because we were able to. There were many times we were able to turn it on and not have the parents know. But and really, I don't. I don't think my mom would have cared so much about it. Um, my dad's awesome. I love my dad. Right. He's a little um, bit of a pacifist back in the day. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I don't know. I don't know if if he would, you know, hold to that if he was to go back. Sure. You know, I mean, but and a lot of it was with for good intent. You know, he he didn't want us to, um, you know, put things in our heads that might come out later on. So I get that, and I think every parent should be, um, just conscious of of what what your kids, you know, oh, see and put in in, in their heads. And I have a seven so. year old <laughs> that it's like. The slightest suggestion of violence is going to result sure. in my whole house becoming the most like I don't know like oh yeah. my God. it's yeah, just like my wife is like I I hate you. I for... was gonna say that brings out in in some kids. Uh, I know my brother and his wife had um, basically pulled the plug on that with with their with their daughters because we used to do sort of especially during the pandemic we did Among Us yeah. you know days and stuff and um, and that was fun. But then I guess he, they said they didn't like what they saw in their girls during and after playing that and you know. We as kids, even though 
technically we weren't supposed to watch these things where we weren't supposed to play with guns, so they never we didn't get like toy guns and stuff for Christmas. We'd pick up sticks from outside and yeah. turning it into a rifle, right? It's, so it's, it's, not, like we, it's yeah. not like it'll we happen. Were, <laughs> it'll happen. It's just part of growing up, as, especially as boys. I mean, that's just you know what we did. So, dude, I think it, like it was, Asa, it was. I, part of me like kind of wants to encourage some of it because I like I'm pretty sure if I could get in his brain and yeah. see what he's seeing when he's praying, like it would have like a Michael Bay film yeah. would hold no candle <laughs> sure. to what is going on in his <laughs> noggin. Sure. And I'm like, this guy could probably make some epic films. Yeah. But, well, okay, yeah. so you weren't allowed to watch Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I guess this question mm-hmm. has probably well, been answered. Are you a hunter? I'm not, and I'm not against hunting. Um, I just haven't been hunting. I, I wouldn't mind going at some point in the future, um, <clears throat> but... And here's the other thing. I'm not a big. I don't like. It's not like I crave venison, you know. Sure. So if if I ever did go hunting and and was able to shoot a deer, I'd probably donate most of it to some, I don't know, charity, house, whatever. So somebody who's going to appreciate it. <clears throat> I've always been in churches that had hunters in them, yeah. and I never like. I've always actually wanted to like go and yeah. get a license and yeah, because I I haven't been sure. I had an uncle who was a bow hunter. Okay, um, yeah, and was quite into that. They live down in Springfield. That's an area. art form, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. um, I, I hear it's That's pretty, pretty cool. good hunting down there. Yeah, um, but yeah, I haven't gotten a, a lot of chance to do that. I used to have a dean of students okay. when I was in high school. Yeah, who would hunt warthog? Oh yeah, with a knife and two pit bulls. Wow! Wow! <laughs> okay, so the pit bulls would probably corner and, and take down the Yeah, they chase the him hog. out of the boat. And yeah, uh-huh. and then he'd jump on it the and slit your throat. So that was the visual. <sighs> like when you got in trouble in school. <laughs> oh, he was also a bouncer at you one of the local bars on weekends. Oh. This is like not the dean. Did he look the part? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Southern oh, yeah. boy? I mean, he was, uh, I guess oh, no, no. Florida, he was, right? Yeah, he was uh-huh. actually, it was interesting. He was, he was kind of a, there was some Japanese in him, but... Um, yeah. Local island guy, so I don't know if there's Samoan too, because he was huge, okay. um, broad guy, like just. Mm. I mean, he was scary. Coach Rosha, mm. mm-hmm. and his pit bull is named Coach. And um, I feel like you know he sat as, on the property mm. of the, and barked at you when you walked by. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't bark at me. He liked me. The dog uh-huh. did, but like it, nice. it was funny. He had a nose yeah. for the troublemaking kids. And that was that like he bark at him. Huh? Oh yeah. Man, that's and I'm like, we had a school that just allowed a pit bull to sit in the back of a truck and bark at kids. This is awesome. <laughs> like, I, like now I think about it, I'm yeah. like, that was really, I mean, a rare thing. You think about nowadays the uh, lack of discipline. Maybe, maybe that would. I mean, you're not attacking the kids with the pit bull, but no. it puts maybe a little bit of fear. Yeah, you'd hope. Hopefully, maybe. at least something. Hmm. So. So since yeah. you weren't allowed to watch yeah. uh, Saturday morning cartoons, which was your favorite to sneak when you could? Yeah. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. That was that was the biggest, really the biggest thing that most of my friends were into. Um, and I think we had we were able to have action figures, so we had some TMNT action figures. Um, yeah, I mean there was that. I mean, really, cartoons wasn't so much, but it was more like the Saturday morning like shows and stuff like that. Okay. You know, whichever ones were, were on. Um, Sports, of course, too. So Seth Rogen's directing a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That's what I heard. Yeah, looks kind of interesting. Yeah, My no, that's it, it's interesting to, to see some of these things that were for, from our generation that 
haven't really been continued through the years, and now they're popping back up. Yeah. And so it'll be neat to see a new generation introduced to some of Big these Big money and nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Big money. Yeah, absolutely. Mine was uh, mm. Thundercats. I'm still waiting for them to reboot that Thundercats, one. Thundercats, yeah. I'm not too familiar with that one. Anyway. I mean, I've heard of it, but I don't know if I'm... We'll look it up later. You know, There's like a guy with a sword, and he goes, what was it? He goes, Thundercats, Thundercats. Oh! And then the, like, the sword would like become like this epic weapon or whatever. That's interesting. But Yeah, you talked about the money in that. I mean, it's like the, the producers, they know that they've got this generation that grew up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that, like you said, nostalgia is everything. So they're going to get the parents... And then they're going to get the kids in there. So, man, Dude, what the a... parents are just willing to show it up. <laughs> just like to see their kids play with a Ninja Turtle. Uh-huh. It's like, I'll yeah. pay $50 for that Ninja for Turtle. For sure. I mean, I won't. But, I mean, there's right. a lot of people out there, there that will. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a, a hot selling I'll tell item. my kid to go get the stick. <laughs> go get, go play with the stick. Thanks, Mom. Baby that was a man. fun suggestion. Took us down some <laughs> fun roads there. <laughs> That's right. So I'm combining... This go. week, hey, you know, Our, I guess if we wanted to dress up, do like a Halloween costume, that would be a dude, good Elmer one. Fudd would be that would like be. we could pull that off. <laughs> Not the shave, but yeah, that'd be good. Oh man, <clears throat> maybe there you go. So it sounds like this could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of us could be Elmer Fudd, and the other one could be Bugs Bunny. That would be a great <laughs> idea. Or I mean, we did highlight yeah. Patrick Stewart. One of us could be Professor X and Elmer Fudd. I don't know. Like that could That's be true. a strange combo. So be on the lookout for what the Baldies are going to do for. Uh, who knows? Halloween. Yeah. Check it out. We'll see what happens. National Celebration Day in history. I'm combining them this week. March yeah. 17 is St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. So before we get into some dates here, um, do you know much about St. Patrick? Um, so I, I feel like I know enough. I, I think I know more than the average person who's going to go out and drink green beer or who already has gone out to drink green beer. So, um, and, and I, I love his story. I, I love his, his testimony and witness. And we'll talk a little bit about him then. I mean, y- yeah. We'll, so we'll fill out this history of St. Patrick. Absolutely. So when he was 16, he, he lived in, um, in, in England. When he was 16, he was whisked away into um, slave labor mm-hmm. in Ireland. And uh, while he was there, he must have already had a sense of, of God, um, sense of faith, but it wasn't really his. And so in his confession that he wrote, he talks about um, when him and, and those who went with him into Ireland as, as slaves, he likens it to basically the Jews being whisked away to Babylon. Mm. He says this was God's punishment on us for various sins and, Mm. you know, pride and all of these different things. So it was in slave labor that he ends up really becoming a a follower of Mm. of Christ and and really finding his faith and his calling. Um, Not necessarily his calling to Ireland at that point, but, you know, when he had left slave labor. I, I don't remember how long he was there for, um, but he went back to England right. as a young adult. And then, if, if, if I got it correct, he spent 15 years traveling Europe, uh, learning theology and preparing for what he was going to do next. And He became like a deacon in the church, mm-hmm. which I think his dad was one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so he got some training. Yeah. So it's just... Uh, so And then after 15 years of, of study... Uh, throughout oh, Europe. Yeah, that's right. No, I now I remember what it was. It, he was going to become one, and then the church ended oh, up okay. denying him for it. But he was, gotcha. I think, already at that point on his way. Mm. They dug up something in his 
past that they didn't like or, or like finding a he reason to keep him out of it. Yeah, he got canceled. Gosh, it was a thing even before now. Mm. But that was when he went back to yeah. minister in Ireland to the people that yeah, the people that that did him and his family wrong and, mm. and his people wrong. Um, so he went to one be a pastor for Christians who were already there, but then also to evangelize and um, and bring new people in, into the faith. And uh, just a, a fascinating individual who, um, his confession, I haven't read all of it, but you can go online, just type in St. Patrick's Confession, yep. and it's all been um, put into to English, very readable English. And then <laughs> the, the third, what I loved was the, the third bullet point in his confession, or no, it's the fourth bullet point in his confession, is basically his wording of the Apostles' Creed. Mm. And I like it even better than the Apostles' Creed. Mm. I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful words. So if you have time, sometime this week, type uh, type up St. Patrick's Confession. And it's a, it's a pretty lengthy... It'll take you a little bit of time to read it, but some good stuff. It is, yeah, it is good stuff. And it was funny that like a lot, one of the things that comes out in that is he really felt like unlearned. Yeah. Which I don't, yeah. I don't know that he comes off that way. Sure. But. Um, and again, a lot sure. maybe a lot of his his training did come a little later in life mm. um, when he was kind of just passionately trying to reach people with the gospel. But yeah, like he starts off like his first sentence in the confession is, "My name is Patrick. I am a sinner, a simple country person, and the least of all believers." Mm. Sounds kind of like uh, his his grandfather in the faith, yep. Paul the Apostle. You know, um, just really yeah, good good stuff. So what, He's what like are you? Amos. Yeah, he was like a yeah. country. Bumpkin. Yep. Just who God used. Who just loved. He just had a passion uh, for for telling others about Jesus and, and saving. You know, you could also look at it perhaps like like Jonah, you know, except for he was he's like the anti-Jonah. He's like, like the anti-Jonah. I like to. it. <laughs> Patrick the anti-Jonah. There you go. That's awesome. So what what what, what do you like about uh, St. Patrick? And, and I think that I think it is the fact that he really had a heart for people who did him wrong. Mm-hmm. That because that, I th- I just mm-hmm. feel like that captures so much of what Jesus was about was loving your enemy, and how powerful that is. Yeah, you know I think there's a lot of people who do a lot of work, good work amongst people groups. Yeah, but uh, you know when you come across a story where it's like you did that to the people that you had really. Mm. N- from an earthly perspective, no business yeah. ministering to. There's just a, there's an extra power there. Um, love that. And so, yeah, I, I think that's what mm. I love about his story the most is is that very thing because I think it, it is just the gospel lived out. Yeah, really on display. Yeah, on and display. It, and it's and it's because of the the spirit of, of of Christ within him that compels him to do that and. Um, yeah, so it's just him being willing and obedient um, to do what God's called him to do in the face of, you know, so perhaps this call that not many of us would, would want to take up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably actually a great way to figure out what your call is. To, <laughs> to Who's done me the most harm, be, and how can I do them good? Be, there you go. Like, I don't know if we want to yeah. ask that question, but... Yeah. Yeah. Jesus might have us. That's good, man. So I thought we'd go through and walk through the history of St. Patrick's sure. Day a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. 1601, 
the first parade in honor of St. Patrick, actually on American soil. I found this fascinating. Hmm. So according to records kept by American colony that later became uh, St. Augustine in Florida, the first parade in honor of St. Patrick was held in this year, in 1601. Was it because they were immigrants from Ireland that were there? I, I would imagine there would was a so, lot of Irish I mean, yeah, yeah. that settled down in there. Okay. So it is, it's actually, but that's 30 years yeah. before in 1631, the patron St. Patrick of Ireland feast day is declared gotcha. for the first time. Wow. So okay. March 17th is chosen. I, I believe it's because that's the day, at least we don't know for sure when he died, but okay. like in, in church historical record. Folklore. Uh, March 17th was the day he died. Hmm. So it's declared a feast day by the Catholic Church to honor the patron saint of Ireland. Now, <laughs> the funny thing is, this always falls in Lent, which is yeah. a season of fasting. Right. And so you've it's got... True. It's interesting as you see the way we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, yeah. that it's in the middle of this. Uh, but later sure. on, they there was much debate over going, like, do we get to take a break and, and do a day of feasting amidst the fasting? Um, I guess but, if it falls on a Sunday, um, yeah. if the 17th falls on a Sunday. So once hmm. they declare that in uh, 1631, like hmm. I said, for 30 years, there's already been some kind of habit of celebrating this. Yeah. And it's a bigger deal in the United States than anywhere else, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. which is kind of fascinating. Uh-huh. So much so that in 1948, Harry Truman will go to the New York City awesome. um, parade. And one of the reasons he did that was to advocate against racial prejudice. Uh, I like Irish immigrants were not like widely accepted people group. Yeah, um, they were actually highly persecuted, mm. partially because you got the Protestant and the yeah. Catholic. They're yeah. going to be from more Catholic background. That's a history there that kind of gets lost on us. Yeah, the religious side of things as people were. Yeah, you know, I mean, not just in in the United States, but all around the world, sort of between Protestant and Catholic. Uh, well, and here's yeah. the th- and like it didn't take long for that to keep fracturing yeah. because it's there's a reason we have so many denominations. Oh yeah, that's for sure. That's neat. A bunch of Europeans, right, yeah. wanted to argue over about everything. Um, well, Harry Truman, that's pretty cool. Harry Truman, Missouri guy, show me guy. That's yeah. awesome. That's pretty cool. There you go. Okay, so he went to the NYC St. Patrick's Day Parade to fight racial prejudice against Irish immigrants. Cool. There you go. Hmm. So 1962, Chicago, which I guess had quite yeah. a bit of because that's a big deal in Chicago. This, it is. Uh, um, yes, it, is. it dyes the entire river green. Mm. So you, they use 60 pounds of green dye. Have you seen pictures of this? I have. It is fast. It is like a bright green, hmm. like a really bright green. So they, uh, so they become the first city ever to successfully dye a river bright green on St. Patrick's Day. Why does 60 pounds just seem like not enough? Not enough. But I it is. I, I guess so. I mean, it hmm. it's pretty cool if you Google. So everyone Check go Google yeah. Green River, Chicago, yeah. St. Patty's okay. Day. Very fascinating. Mm. So we're going to talk about this later, but in that little Lutheran mm. satire thing, at yes. the end they throw a little shade. They talk about drinking so much they vomit in, <laughs> yeah, in the Green River in Chicago. That's awesome. So, yeah, they, they, they give a little tip of the hat to that. <laughs> that's awesome. And then um, in 2020... For the first time, St. Patrick's Day Parade goes dark. Mm. So the first time in New York City, 259 years they celebrated this thing. Wow. And That's a big deal. Yeah, and 2020 went dark. So I'm Oof. sure the last, I don't know, did they when did they start doing it again? They did it this year, right? 
I'm, ass- I'm assuming they're going to do it. This I would. Year. Have, I would May think 2022. Probably. They probably took two years yeah. off. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because really, New York City was still pretty, kind of. Uh, going through some of the motions there, even in into up till even some into this last year, so mm. um, with some mandates and things. So interesting, St. Patrick. Um, so it's interesting to me that we, t- we talked about the history, mm. the um, the snakes, yeah. right? He's often right. the mythology of him driving snakes out of Ireland, right. um, which that's <laughs> it's an interesting. It's it shows yeah. up. I was like doing some research. I think seven hundred years later, okay, is when that kind of comes into some writings and then the clover mm-hmm. yeah like he's famous you see a lot of pictures where he has the clover where yeah. he apparently used that to explain the trinity yeah. um that also does just attached sh- to him yeah without it, much no record truth yeah because he they don't really no. know when exactly he lived but i think the best estimates are like the 420 to 9 or 490 ish okay. so. um or maybe early into the sixth century. Sure, uh, but so wow. a lot of those things pop up uh, quite a few hundred years later mm-hmm. um, and get tied to them. So he didn't drive snakes out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's a metaphor I was for say, maybe a spiritual. Yeah, you know, driving out, out like the some of the pagan. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Or me, I don't know if there was yeah. any purging of. But he just see that's the <laughs> thing. He defended people. That was one of the things I liked about his confession. Was it talks about. Yeah how he excommunicated some soldiers mm. who killed a group. That's the whole reason he wrote the confession. Wow, okay. Um, was there was a group of people um, that converted to Christianity, and a group of uh, soldiers ended up slaughtering them as pagans um, after they had converted, and he was really uh, uh, defending his choice to excommunicate uh, that group of soldiers. Okay. Oh, wow. But, yeah. I, I heard that uh, one of the things that he did to reach out to the pagan culture was um, celebrating Easter uh, with bond uh, using a bonfire to celebrate Easter, oh. and then the Celtic cross um, has, and I don't know exactly what symbols or what. Obviously, you got that circle around there, sure. but the Celtic cross is sort of there's something in there that would have let when pagans saw it, they would have been like, oh, okay, you know, and so so that was sort of one of his ways of. Being able to um, share the f- share the Christian faith um, in a way that didn't necessarily sweep everything away that the pagans were used to and that gotcha. they appreciated. So I'd have to look more into the the Celtic cross and exactly all of the the meaning behind it and the the reasons behind it. But obviously that's a something that's stayed around for <laughs> through the sure. centuries. So. So that, I mean, that's I mean, my encouragement to you this St. Patrick's Day would be rather than just drink green beer. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you you can't do that, um, or die a river green. Maybe like look into St. Patrick and just find out he's a yeah. fascinating character. Yeah, and I don't know, use his example to maybe love someone radically that you mm. feel feel like you've maybe been wronged by. That's good. Now um, we do have a favorite skit that we want to recommend. We'll probably link it in the show notes. Yep. Um, Lutheran satire um, is a YouTube channel mm. that produced um, this. Was it Connell and Donnell, I think, or these two Irish something like that uh, characters? Um, and their Saint Patrick is telling them about the Trinity, and they say, "You know, we need an analogy because we're not <laughs> well educated." Uh-huh. And so th- he keeps offering up these analogies, and they just talk about how that's actually um, ancient heresies, and it's yeah. pretty stinking hilarious. It is, yeah, because it takes academic stuff that otherwise would be really boring. 
and it, and it puts it into a comic, you know, yeah. video that has really become one of one of the best um, videos on YouTube. You know, when it especially when it comes to theology and stuff like that. So. It's great. So we'll okay, link it That's the like the reason I remember yeah. what Arianism is. Yeah, right. Is thank you, Lutheran satire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. They also, okay, so I watched this in the uh, with my boys yesterday, and Asher was like, what is happening? But then he really thought it was funny. He's like, can we watch another one? <laughs> so they did a musical about St. Patrick's life. Nice. And so they have that same little icon singing a okay. song. Um, yeah. So we'll, we might have to watch it after this. Check that out, yeah. Um, but one of the things he was talking about in pagan culture that they had to do uh, in the Irish culture, I guess, was you would, like, nurse your your patriarch okay. off of your patriarch to declare your allegiance. Hmm. And so St. Okay. Patrick, like, refused to do this yeah. um, because of his faith. Um, but it's funny, Connell and Donald, like, they're like... They're like, thank you, St. Patrick. And that's like, he's like, wait, that's the reason you converted? They're like, you know, it was one of the byproducts of becoming a Christian was we no longer had to pull chest hair from our teeth or whatever it was. Oh, my gosh. Um, as a way wow, of declaring allegiance. So no I, I don't, I mean, I'd have to look into that's that funny. practice too. But yeah. they, it's, it's kind of fun how they throw that uh, historical information in there in a real fun, funny way. <laughs> um, but there you go. So he, he, Gave them the gospel and rescued them from having to <laughs> do strange practices to declare really their allegiance weird. to the patriarch. Yeah. Thank you, St. Patrick. St. Patrick. Sermon I preached this week. Yeah. You had to listen to me. It was good. Was it? It was good. It was, yeah. I'm I mean, stuck with you. It was, well, so, <clears throat> you know, it was one of those messages that knowing what we were going into, um, everybody who's honest with themselves and who has the Holy Spirit living in them hopefully is aware of, of some areas in their life that mm. um, just need some, some pulling back, you know, maybe just need a, a moment of reflection, reordering, whatever it is. And so um, thinking about the pleasures <clears throat> that we give ourselves to, that we look to for ultimate happiness over and above God, um, one, of the, one of the powerful things about a message like that is um, you could you could speak very broadly about it, you know, um, but everybody's going to be like the preacher was looking at me, yeah, sure, right. Um, and, and so that was one of those one of those messages. And of course, then the the four points uh, that you had brought up the, the different the different sort of passions um, really spoke to some things that um, one of those is, was going to find somebody mm. somewhere. And um, and of course, then <clears throat> one of one of the things that in in my years of preaching, you know, you preach any message, anything like that, you know, you're going to have people that are going to hear something very simple, and no matter no matter like I appreciated what you said at the end, like you're trying to we're bringing people to the ledge. Right. These are things that you know out of the proper context and without any sort of restraint are just really, they're destructive. Mm. And so then immediately in our minds, we think, oh, so I've got to, like, we start thinking about, like, going cold turkey on these things right. and giving it, becoming an ascetic, which you said, but, like, that's not the point of this. And then you read from, uh, was it Colossians? Colossians 3, you know, yeah. And that was, that was a powerful verse, What uh, Colossians 3, where Paul's like, that's, you know, becoming an ascetic is not the answer right. to this. And so then you encouraged everybody to... And enjoy th- th- these pleasures of life that God created in their proper context, yeah. 
Um, and part of that proper context is is not putting them above Christ. Um, but so many times it's so hard for us as humans to to walk away um, with <laughs> it's it's that fine line between yeah. letting something become an extreme, and we just have a difficult time with moderation yeah. in our lives with things. And so it's easier for us to say, "I'm just going to give it up," than to say, "This this can have a little place in my life." Right. I I actually like the analogy. I didn't use this in the sermon. And maybe I should have is of fire. Okay. Right, yeah. fire in its proper context, and a hearth yeah. provides your home with warmth For sure. and comfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you take it out of that, it'll burn the place to the ground. It can start a forest fire. It can ravage like a whole community. It absolutely can do that. But that doesn't make fire bad. And you're not going to sure. sit there without it and freeze to death. Like that's stupid. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and so it's actually like they're good and necessary things yeah. that are helpful. Sure. Um, but again, like unchecked, mm-hmm. can become very. Yeah detrimental, dangerous, and destructive. Sure. And so, like I said, fire is not in and of itself a bad thing. Yeah. It's actually a very good thing. Right. Um, it can be dangerous, however. Absolutely. And so, I don't know, for me, that's always that's a been a analogy. helpful analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when I'm talking to mm-hmm. people about sexual sin, it's like, yeah. that's the way, because I think it's so easy. Yeah. You know, if you grew up in a purity culture, sure. which, you know, I think a lot of the churches I grew up in probably emphasized, sure. you know, Sex bad, sex bad, sex bad, and then yeah. you get married, and you're like, now have a free for all, yeah, and it's like yeah. that did not do sure. anything good for marriages. And right. so, from the beginning, talking about mm-hmm. it as a good, wonderful gift in its context, in its context. Mm-hmm. But again, warning people that you wave this thing around, and you, know, you can you can start a forest fire. Yeah, um, it can burn a church to the ground if if not sure not used appropriately. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's important. And I think that's the, to to walk away from the teacher and go, again, he takes you to the extreme. And this is a problem with only reading part of what he says. Like mm-hmm. in those other areas, he is going to say, enjoy yeah. these things of life. Yeah. But but if you think you're going to find meaning purpose in them, like that's not where you're going to find meaning and purpose. So it was it was a very well-rounded... You, you put the cautions in there and also the... Um, w- without encouraging people to live without any I- enjoyment in life. And, right. of course, you know, you could preach that sermon, and then it. You, I don't know if at the end did you hear anything from, from folks that you're like, so, that's not exactly what I was trying to say. My, my, no, my favorite compliment was, um, it was good, but uh-huh. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... And so, yeah. Because one person was just saying, like, between the yeah. the the you know the social media reference yeah. of substance and just how much we consume that, yeah. um, then the Amazon and the stuff, mm. like, because this this is the thing, like, this has always been true of cultures, but I, I think and I was going to ask you this question, like, I I really do feel like the the pleasure on all the ones we mentioned is is really good because it addresses uh, I think our Western culture um, in a very specific way there are, yeah there every every culture struggles with certain things sure but ours is obsessed it's yeah it, it's it's gone to the point like i mean that picture of the lady with the amazon boxes yeah. is the perfect example um or you just walk through any grocery store and you see the things that are just unnecessary the flavors that are created that are unnecessary but they're created because someone's going to buy them and there's a profit to be made um but mm-hmm. then you also think how much is wasted on a daily basis? Like how much, like the, all these these food prep 
you know, they, they prep all these foods that you, know, you can go to the store, buy, put in your oven, and have within 10 or 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Um, and all of these things that are, you know, they're not shelf stable. And so, yeah, I think it just speaks to our culture in a way um, that it, probably there are other cultures in this world that, that have a similar, but I think by and large, us here in the West, this, this is our, our our biggest thing. Yeah. Our our biggest, and and it's and it comes in so many forms that that we it's so hard to just pinpoint one thing. And then of course, like as you mentioned, the technology piece of of this, that it is a drug in its own right. And I don't think that we understand that. And we've talked about that in previous weeks and stuff. Uh, um, about sort of the power of yeah. social media and technology and what it do, the dopamine hits that our brain gets by going and tracking likes and responses and, you know, just seeing how people are reacting to the way that we are putting our lives out there. Um, did have you ever watch some of the uh, professors that did the brain science that helped develop this technology talking to their students? Um, not that in particular. It's frightening. Now, wh- is that on YouTube? I'm sure, yeah, if you mm-hmm. research like Stanford classes and stuff. Sure. It's, but basically it was designed kind of like gambling Okay. in that gotcha. again, they've, been, they've been intentionally designed by brain scientists mm-hmm. to make them addictive. Um, and so some of them are, some of it, the, the flippancy which with these professors talk to their, their students about how basically we can enslave people. It's, it's, a, it's kind of, that's not all of them, sure. but there's a few of them where you're like, yikes. Mm. Um, that's that's scary, and it's like you said, it's to you know help generate and make dollars, and yeah. then you end up programming algorithms that do the the dirty work for you, and it's just frightening. And so, just being mm-hmm. aware that that like undergirds some of it. Again, it's yeah. not. I don't want to demonize it. Yeah, I mean, because again, that's sort of the um, the the thing about living under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, God has given us good things. God is the giver of, of all good things. But then when we take those good things and make them the you know, good thing for our lives, it, there, there's no other outcome right. than for that to fall apart at some point and not satisfy. So I appreciated the message. And pr- here's, the, here's the quote that stood out to me at the very end, because talking about Hevel... And you know, being smoke and fog and vapor and mist is you had said the the pleasures that we so badly want to to grab mm. and hold on to to grasp that we can't that they have the power to grab us mm. and to hold us and and the sad part is we don't know how how strong their hold on us is mm. until you know something happens until all of a sudden it's the, the hit is not big enough until right. the satisfaction isn't enough. And then like the example of, uh, of the, um, uh, to catch a predator. Yeah. yeah. You, you hit that straight, that, that, that nail on the head because yeah, you, if you've ever watched those, you see these, these people who they, when that curtain is pulled back and they realize they've been, they've been tricked in, into coming into a, into a sting, they begin to realize how, how did how did I get here? How did I get to this point? And so that's you know one example. And I'm sure there's probably people in the church, people who are listening to this podcast, who either they themselves or someone in their family they know sure. of someone who would say, "Man, how did I get to this point where I'm just a shell of of what I was? Where years ago I would have 
you know, had the conscience or the, the ability to say, this isn't right, this isn't good, this isn't healthy. Um, but that is the that is what Satan, what the, the Satan, the adversary is all about, is stealing, killing, and destroying. Yeah. And, uh, and he will use good things that God created to, uh, to do that. And the slow slide is interesting. Is. That was the, um, and I'm sure the show isn't for everybody. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I haven't, huh? Um, it, it's, I mean, there, there's some hard things to get through in there. Sure. But, like, I think what they captured in that show <clears throat> more than anything is that kind of descent. Okay. That you have this guy, again, who's just a chemistry professor who finds out he has cancer, who wants to take care of his family. Mm. At least that's what he claims in the beginning and starts making gotcha. um, crystal meth. Oh, wow. And becomes, like, this, like, drug... But it's, like, it, looking at it, it was, like, they made me believe that I could become a drug dealer. <laughs> like, that's like that. That's not outside of the realm yeah, of, yeah. of my... It's one choice after one choice after... Oh, and that okay. slow okay. descent into darkness... That's sort of the I've lesson. never seen anything, yeah. like, capture yeah. that so well. And I, like, I, so I really appreciated that, that how they, mm. they really did capture that. That's, it's not, you know, you think of these people who do all these heinous things in the world and you're like, I could never be that. Yeah. Like that show really goes, no, could. I actually probably could become mm. that. Um, and yeah. I think that's, I think that's the challenge here is to just be, yeah. be um, aware of that. And you know, it's like you said, you, you were really hitting on the law of diminishing returns of pleasure. That the more we consume, it's like it stops satisfying. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Lent. Like that, yeah, yeah. that Sunday ice cream cone, man, yeah, right yeah. now. So the drumsticks, like when, when, when I'm not eating uh-huh. sugar all week, yeah. that thing tastes so good. It's a rush. Like it gives me, like, I'm like, I forgot how good ice cream could be. Yeah. And it's because I'm eating less of it. Yeah. And so I think there's, mm. there's something beautiful about that. Agree. I like yeah. that. That's a good example. So what's coming up? Yeah. So next week is achievement, which I think probably is just another form of pleasure <laughs> for us as Americans. Sure. Uh, so yeah, kind of diving into achievement uh, things. You know, I'm going to get into the definition of the word. You're going to punch about... uh, all those like uh, those class A people are about to get it this week. It's going to be it's going to be rough uh for for all of us but for some more than others. Yeah. Yeah. Um those control freaks. Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to have to confront yeah. themselves this week. Huh? All right. But I I will point <laughs> to an achievement um that we benefit from. Mm. I like where you're going here. Mm-hmm. We you. benefit from an achievement and uh we did nothing for 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 that. So so I'm going to, I'm going to, that'll be sort of the ending of it. So, but, uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, the, the readings on social media, people have enjoyed those. Someone came up to me and said they really appreciate sort of the, um, and not just on, but in the book as well, because sure. it's, it, yeah. it mirrors one another, but people really enjoy the little, little verse and how they're able to understand it mm. better with, with the broken down. You read the, the, the section yeah. and then you kind of. Walk through. Do a little slow. bit more of a, of a little dive into it, so people appreciate that. So, um, wonderful tool. Now you got vacation coming up. I do coming up on Friday. Going you guys down. are going to Arizona. There's Arizona, and it's Very heating good. up. They've been having all yeah. sorts of wind and cold weather, and like yeah. we're going to get there, and I think it'll be pool weather. Very not. Wow. Thank goodness. Fantastic. So riding around a golf cart, going swimming. Dude, I I live the retirement life. When I go visit my parents, <laughs> nice. like fully embrace it. People are like, Very "Do you want to hang?" Yeah, they're like, "Do you want to go do stuff?" I'm like, "No, 
anything. I want to hang out in a retirement park with a nice. bunch of old people who know how to have fun. I love it. It is like it's awesome. Uh, and you, most of them, I mean, there's probably a few of them that don't like to see kids around there that much, but yeah. uh, most of them are like, yeah, the grandkids, yeah. and they'll like engage the kids in sure. all that stuff. So I'm I'm super pumped. Good stuff. Any baseball games at all? Any like spring training games? I don't know if we're. I mean, we, the Arizona's got them, yeah. so we could and the probably Royals look into are that down there as well. Yeah, we went to last time. Usually, we go a little later in the year, so sure. we're early this year. But I went and saw the Diamondbacks, which has a really cool stadium. Yeah, I bet. But driving in Phoenix is a nightmare. Yeah, um, I've heard. So, but I'm sure some of these smaller ballparks might be out in yeah. r- more rural areas. Yeah, absolutely, so I might have to look into that because I do love baseball. Yeah, it's a great sport. Yeah, just, just for sitting and going to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I love watching it anyway. I know yeah. some people who don't play don't appreciate the game as much. But yeah, for sure. for if you're going to spend a day at the park, it's like you you mm-hmm. can enjoy, converse, and not really miss anything. Yeah, that's right. You get these yeah. intense moments, uh-huh. but then you can relax, Sit wait until the next pitch, eat some peanuts. Although now there's a pitch seeds. clock, you know. So that'll be interesting to see how that really kind of if it, if it really changes much or how how long they're do they saying have? they're shaving about. I think it was their games were over three hours, uh-huh. so it's it shaved off. I think about thirty minutes per game. Okay. Wow. So wow. Okay. So they're they're now they're running about two hours and forty minutes. It'll be interesting to see how that plays into things. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. It's been fun to see guys get like actually called out, like strike three on a clock and stuff, like in a big spot. And it's like they're they're keeping to it. So. Gosh, man. Okay. I'm sure they'll be. I can't wait till the playoffs when there's some sort of controversy. It's like yeah. some team is you going to the World Series happen. because of a, a right. play clock. Right. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> baseball and is the out. I uh, just uh, like yeah, the internet outrage. I'll get my popcorn. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's good. Uh, things it. we got coming up. So. March 25th and 26th. Look yep. forward to that. We're doing a Connect weekend, and these really f- are focused on just one. Getting together as a church, getting to know each other better, but then really praying that God would use our efforts in this outreach campaign um, to just make Jesus known in our neighborhood and community. Um, So there'll be a couple of those. One's a Saturday morning prayer walk, and then I'm hosting something at my house too, so look for some invitations in the mail. Mm. Um, Let us know if you're coming. And then there's so much going on. Holy Week, Canto Corral, April 1st. Um, then we got Palm Sunday. Yeah. Uh, there's what else is going on that week? Thursday. Thursday, the uh, the Seder meal. Yeah, Messiah and the Passover Seder at six thirty. Uh, prayer vigil on uh, Good Friday, going into Holy Community Saturday. Service. Yeah. Uh, the Good Friday service. If if folks are going to go to the Good Friday service, it is at Grace Calvary Chapel, um, and they want folks if you're going to. Um, just let them know. Go on to the website, sure. which is Good Friday Saint Joe, and that's spelled out Saint S A I N T J O E dot com. Good Friday Saint Joe dot com. Go on there and register RSVP for either five thirty or seven thirty. Uh, if you have kids, they have a kids program for them specifically. If you want them to stay with you, they can. But they're, uh, I think, last I heard, there's like eight hundred that have already. Like RSVP'd, uh, I mean, there's seven, seven, eight churches that are involved in this. So, um, I think both services. And there's will some fill variety mm-hmm. too, right? In there, theological there really background. is. There is. I mean, you got I your Calvary Chapel. You've got your uh, got some charismatic style. You got uh, some and just Baptists others. in there. Baptists, yeah, and, and you know, we're, we're sort of a 
mix between mainline evangelical. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be good to see Fantastic. how it goes. So And then Easter Sunday. Yep. Services, yep. normal times. Normal times. 9, 15, yeah. 10, 45. Mm-hmm. So just, just keep keep up on the social media, um, sending out emails every week with, with stuff. Um, check out the newsletter coming out, and you'll you'll know what's what's going on. Well, there you have it, folks. So have a great week. Enjoy your St. Patrick's Day, and beware of the bears. Grace and peace out.